Good evening, everyone. We're coming at you after the first round of the 2022 NFL Draft. I'm Zach, that's Jack, and this is the Gridiron Review Podcast with our end of day one coverage. Uh, we're going to start right away just going, talking about the eventful day, all the trades that happened after the top 10, and curious decisions, steals, reaches, all that stuff. Uh, this isn't going to be going pick by pick. Because some picks just make more sense than others, like Hutchins to the Lions. I think most people had that. Um, we're going to start with the Jags, who went Trayvon Walker first. I don't love the pick. I don't hate the pick. It depends on how they decide to use him. I guess Chase on is just going to, you know, relegate back to a rotational rusher. They kept talking about in the pre-draft and after the pick, like, oh, Georgia mislined him, and if you put him on the outside of the tackle, he's going to succeed. Well, he didn't. You don't know that. I mean, anytime you're banking on someone to do something they've never done, it's a risk. Um, but then, an even more curious move, they traded back into the first and took a Devin Lloyd. It, you know, it's, it's a decision. Lloyd seems to have great character. He had one of the better uh, post-draft reactions, yelling Duval into the crowd. And he certainly has the upside, as Jack has noted many times. He's got a lot of development. And there's, there, one of their inside linebacker positions at the moment was Shaquille Quartermain. So it's not like it wasn't a need, but they passed on offensive line. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see how their day two goes. Uh, Jack, you want to discuss the Jags real quick? Jacksonville, what are you doing? <laughs> what is the point of drafting Trevor Lawrence? If your primary concern isn't Trevor Lawrence, and people are probably going to sit here and wonder what the heck I'm talking about. Well, they just paid Christian Kirk $18 million a year, so you're wasting teams' money. You just paid wide receiver for Zay Jones $8 million a year, more waste of team money. You refuse to take an offensive line at one, which is whatever, if you really wanted Walker, whatever. But then you trade back in, and you still don't take offensive line. And this is going to be this is going to be a common theme for a few teams that had glaring had a glaring need, and instead they just went elsewhere. But keep going. Like the Jaguars, I get you just signed Robinson to an extension. You signed Sheriff. There's money there, but you're still missing two spots on the line. Linderbaum was taken at 20, 25. What are you doing? The only thing that makes me think is like Jacksonville wants to mimic a Ravens defense where you just throw a bunch of versatile guys like on the line and have everyone look like they're going to rush and just drop whoever the heck you want. Like, I don't know what your, your game plan is here. You better hope that Walker and Lloyd can tackle Derrick Henry and Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. They're that's a good point. They're both guys that need a lot of development they're high risk, high reward, both of the picks. Neither one of them is safe. And it's even weirder that you bring in offensive minded coach, Doug Peterson, and you don't take an offensive piece in the first round. And not to say that the Jags defense didn't need work, but there's a lot of edge rushers still left that provide a lot of value. And there's not as many offensive linemen. Um, we'll get to one of our Jack's high, you know, high value sleepers that got taken in the first round. Um, by the Patriots. So the Lions took the obvious pick of Hutchinson at two, the local kid. I mean, I think everyone saw that coming if Walker got picked one. 
And then they made it even more interesting decision to trade all the way up from 32 to 12 or yeah, yeah 12, 32 right? to 12 with yeah, the division they, rival. Yeah. They jumped 20 spots for what they were thinking was a quarterback at the time. And they went with Jamison Williams. It's an interesting move, but the lions barely gave up anything to do it. So this, this is a genius trade. I mean, why not? You know, looking at who was there at 32, you could have still had sky Moore, You could have had Christian Watson, but Basically, they gave a pick 32 and a third and a, a pick swap in the second. Yeah, do that. Like, what, 10, 10 out of 10 times I would make that trade. And the only concern I have is, I don't know if Jamison Williams just is not an interview guy, but he did not look thrilled. And I so I, I doubt the Lions would have taken someone that they thought didn't want to play there. I don't think they would have traded all I mean, the way who up. who wouldn't want to play for Dan Campbell, though? Maybe it's that he's catching passes from Jared Goff. I don't know. I would believe uh, that. But as far as the Lions front office goes, that was a great move. Even uh, I I didn't have Williams as a top – I mean, I had him as a good receiver. I had him compared to Terry McLaurin. And you gave up, like peanuts. I said – Peanuts. Absolute peanuts. Which is a common trend among all these trades. There was no, at least in my eyes, trades that seemed fair. I thought the teams that moved up gave up nothing to do it. Like – it's crazy that, you know, you see, we'll talk about this a little bit later, but I think, um, I forget who jumped up the bills, uh, jumped up two picks and gave up a fourth for it. Yeah. And that seems like a lot based on some of the other trades that were made. Um, but then the, the Texans really started this draft off with Derek Stingley. There was rumors, Jack even sent it to me that popped up, Right up 30 minutes before the draft that they were leaning Stingley and they did it. It is high risk, high reward. Lovey Smith is a gambling man and Stingley has all the potential in the world. I, for me, now granted I didn't scout the corners. I think sauce would have been a little bit safer, but who cares? You know, you don't make money being safe. If you're Lovey Smith, who doesn't know how many years, if he hits on this pick, if this pick works, maybe he buys himself more time even. So I don't have a problem with this. I think it was exciting. It started, it made, it set the tone, I think. Yeah. To Zach's point, Sauce is, Sauce was our cornerback one because he is the safe pick. With Stingley, you are, this is a gamble. You are taking a guy who hasn't been able to stay healthy since his freshman year, but what what he did his freshman year and making all whatever his accolades were i'm sure he won everything in the book that year if you can get him to return to form and not be injured i would take stingley over sauce 10 out of 10 times in this draft and i'd argue that stingley is the first overall pick and i've said it time and time again and lovey smith that hiring even by us got judged it probably wasn't the smartest move but he, he lovey smith is the guy that wanted stingley so he was able to convince casario like this is my guy let me go get him if it doesn't work out his tenure is probably going to last a year just like everyone else in houston over the, the last couple of years but if it works out like zach said it buys him time this is like it excites me this pick yeah for sure and you know they they still have a lot of picks to go and um, who was their second pick? I'm already. Oh, Kenyon Green. That... Yeah. So Kenyon Green, great pick. Uh, I think we had that a few times in the mock, and mm-hmm. he even, in our eyes, I think fell a little bit. 
to to them. There was some yeah, thoughts so... for us that the Jets may have gone with him at ten. The Jets went other directions, but a great first round by the Texans for a team that desperately needs needs to just get better. Yeah, for me, Green was a top ten prospect, and I think that what dropped him a little bit was his combine. I heard some rumors floating a couple of days ago that he was going to fall onto the second due to a knee injury. Yet when you Google it, nothing pops up. So uh, it is what it is. But I think, I mean, it's, it's genius. You move down with the Eagles two spots. You pick up a fourth and two fifth round picks in a very deep class at certain positions. And the Texans need everything. So those are probably going to end up being starting players or at least guys competing for starting spots. And you walk away with, when healthy, the best corner and a top 10 lineman. I, how can you not say they didn't win, were, weren't one of the winners of the first round? Agreed. Another winner, I would argue, is the Jets, who ended up with three first rounders after all was said and done. They bypassed their choice of the offensive lineman and went with Sauce Gardner. A risky move, in my opinion. Not Sauce. I think Sauce is, is great. And I thought his... Uh, after he was drafted, when he was saying, you always need more sauce, I thought that was great. I really thought that was that was awesome. But it ended up being that they didn't take an offensive lineman in the first round. They took three positions of need. And it's, I mean, especially the third pick with Jermaine Johnson, which is A-plus, super steel, love it. Uh, so I just, they have to go offensive lineman now. I, I think they've addressed everything else, and they still have some needs, but – you know, it's three needs, and I don't – unless the, the Makai Becton stuff is overblown and they're not as upset with him as as you thought, uh, Sauce Gardner, great pick, great corner. They need it very badly. And now he's going to match up on Stefan Diggs and probably Tyree Kill. Otherwise, it would have been Bryce Hall or DJ Reed. So. Uh, yeah, just kind of building off that is – I said it in my review of the pick on our TikTok is the Jets lack an alpha in their secondary period, corner or safety alike. They're missing an alpha. And Sauce is going to step in and be the guy. And people are saying that he can't match up with top competition because he played at Cincinnati. Watch the Alabama tape. I don't remember either of those guys doing much on him. I, he didn't give up more than 13 yards to a single receiver this season. He hasn't given up a touchdown in his career. I, I mean, yeah. Diggs and, and Hill are completely different level. So, boy, better come to play. But and he just screams. His personality screams New York. Like, oh, he just yeah. Seems. And then, so the Jets also at ten took Garrett Wilson, very popular pick that was thought to be as high as four by some idiots. But listen, I don't love the pick because I think I had other receivers better. However, the Jets, instead of picking O-lineman, went a different way to make life easier for Wilson by bidding, getting a guy to pair with Elijah Moore, who both can take slants to the house. So in a way, I guess it does help him out, and you can allow him to make quicker reads, get the ball out quicker, instead of holding it and getting murdered. So, you know, it's it's a decent pick for me. It's not an amazing pick. Um. But then they, they traded back in for Jermaine Johnson, which is one of the steals of the draft for me. So I, I think overall they're a big winner today. So Jermaine Johnson is kind of what saved it. Like Zach, I wasn't the biggest fan of the Garrett Wilson uh, pick. 
I think that you could have traded down or taken a receiver later on. I just think that you go out and sign both Uzoma and Conklin to seven and eight million dollar contracts a year, respectfully. Uh, I, I mean, unless you're running three receiver, two tight end sets, I, I, <laughs> I don't know what the plan is here. The I don't know thing- who you're setting because Elijah Moore is had a good rookie season and Davis got paid. So if you're going to run 12 personnel, who's, who's going where? Yeah. The only thing I can think of is that maybe they're going to try and get out of the Corey Davis contract after this year. That was the only thing that came to mind is like, well, maybe, you know, they'll just play with this three and, and get rid of them. I assume after most of the guaranteed money's out of the way. Mm-hmm. Um, so that brings us to the giants. Uh, you, look, you look. idiots. They took Kayvon Thibodeau. I understand he's got a lot of upside. He's a good run defender now. Maybe his personality is built for New York, but how many times of him saying he's the best and then doesn't start off hot and the New York crowd turns on him, what's going to happen then? I I just, I don't like this pick. They should have, you know, even if you flip it and take the lineman here and then take Thibodeau at seven, I think it's a better grade. I just think they were really playing a dangerous game. I don't know why you take Thibodeau here. The the Panthers weren't going to take him, and they you wouldn't have thought they were going to trade out with the lineman there. So I just it just very curious. Um, I think it wasn't a super need. I, I don't know. I think the analysts overblow the need of edge for the Giants. Uh, you know, it's if you get Jadavian Clowney, are you happy with that? The real Jadavian Clowney, you know, the guy that doesn't really get double digit sacks, but it's a good run defender. Are you happy with that at this pick? And to me, I wouldn't be. Um, they really saved it by getting lucky with their second pick here, but I just not a fan of, of the Thibodeau pick. I thought he was a mid to late first round prospect. I know we're in the minority there, um, but I just wonder if this, I'm the best attitude if it sours in New York, if, if he keeps saying this and he doesn't start off super hot and the, the giants turn on the, the fan base, which is very quick to react. I'm just curious what's going to happen there. Um, but then again, maybe Martindale unlocks him. I mean, if there is a coach that you want taking a chance on an edge guy, it's Martindale. So uh, he's got a good track record of, of getting a hold of edges and unlocking them. But usually it's later round guys or mid to late round guys. So this is a first for us. I mean, he really didn't have too much time with Jason Oway. So the last time I think that he took a first rounder, if he was even there, was Sizzle. Mm. I don't even know if he was I, in the he, building. I don't think he was there. Yeah. So this is a first for Martindale, to our knowledge. And who knows? I, I, I really think there was bigger needs on the board. And I don't know. The Jaguars, the Jets, the Texans, the Panthers, every whether they were going to do it or not, every one of those teams have a quarterback to protect. New York taking Thibodeau when the board fell perfectly. You had your choice of the top three linemen, and you almost blew it. Yeah, this is like we understand that they were guaranteed one of the other linemen, but why did you even like I, we just don't understand. I don't understand the thought process of let's go Thibodeau first. The Panthers were not taking him, and I personally didn't see a scenario where a team traded up with enough ammo to cause the Carolina to move out of the way of one of the elite tackles. 
So I, I, it's just a really weird. The only thing I can think of is that they were thinking sauce the whole way, and then he got taken. So they, they Panic. shuffled. They panicked and and just submitted the the next guy instead of thinking about it. That's, I think that happened one other time, or maybe two other times. I think Washington ended up in that similar situation where their two guys went and they just didn't know what to do. Uh, that's my opinion. I know you're supposed to plan for that, but I really thought between any of these teams in the beginning that there was going to be tackles taken, one of them, and the Jets, the Giants. The Jags are going to have to live with this decision. I'm not saying it was the right or the wrong decision. I mean, I know the Giants took Neil, but the Jets and the Jags and the Texans are going to have to live with the decision that they didn't take it a tackle. And in the Jets and the Jags specifically, you're going to see if that's going to matter. And again, what are we, you know, I think both teams picked good players. I, like I said, I didn't love the Walker pick and the Devin Lloyd fit is a little weird, but you can't argue that they're high upside players. I just, I don't know why you're not taking your pick. I feel like this whole thing, this whole is about taking your guy or, or being able to get your pick of your guys and all three linemen fell to you. It, uh, I just, I'll skip ahead a little bit to, to Carolina. Why are you taking Iki Aquano? Both franchise left tackles fell into your lap there's situations where you weren't supposed to see either neil or cross and both of them sat in your lap and you took a quantum and i get that there's people who think that he can be a franchise tackle but i personally think that he's going to be shifted into guard and have a better career there and now yeah sam darnold is protected on the inside but he's going to get burned by guys like cam jordan Shaq Barrett, Joe Tryon, who are going to abuse whoever, well, I guess the quantity is their left tackle as of the moment, but, but why are you not taking Neil, who is the most ready guy? Why are you not taking Cross, who's the best pass blocker? And the Giants, by taking Thibodeau at five, what happened to we feel bad for what we did to Daniel Jones? How about doing all this to make sure Daniel Jones succeeds? Thibodeau does not help Daniel Jones succeed. There's no even saying that he succeeds. And to Zach's point, the New York media and the fans are going to eat this man alive, especially with the way that he interviews. Yeah, uh, he needs he needs to produce right away or else this is going to be a problem. And when you look at how the draft board played out, obviously you can't predict the rest of the picks, but they could have taken Neil at five, traded out of seven, and taken Jermaine Johnson. Which we had at one point, too. Yeah, which which resulted in more picks. And is Thibodeau that much better than Jermaine Johnson that you couldn't even trade it back a couple picks and picked up an extra day two pick or something? Jermaine I, I Johnson just, was the best run blocker. What did what did Thibodeau have upside? I'd rather take the the run blocker over the upside. Thibodeau's not a bad run blocker, but I just or I just defender. Think, I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thibodeau's not a bad run defender, but I just. I don't know. I mean, for all this talk about them trading out with because of money concerns, they didn't. And, you know, I guess take your guys, but super risky. And it's a new regime, but man, did that feel like an old Giants first round? Like it just, it felt like nothing was changed. And we're not going to start down in the, the new coaching staff already, but 
I don't know. We'll we'll have to we'll have to see. Uh, my comment on the Panthers, at least they took the right position. I, yeah. I, you know, like they could have traded out here and hoped that they still got one of the one of the tackles or offensive linemen and still picked up some extra picks. They sat tight and they took the right pick. They didn't reach on a quarterback, as we saw. I mean, look, I thought the quarterbacks were going to fall, but this was the most extreme version. That could have been. I was gonna say this is like the the craziest scenario that could have been. Yeah, imagined. the fact the fact that nobody traded into the end of the first to get the fifth year eligible contract is just crazy to me. I, I just I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, are, are we looking at? I mean, we can talk about this more in a minute as we get later. But there's what four for four second round quarterbacks, maybe. But I, I like, just, but look at the order because of all the trades: Tampa, Tennessee. Uh, and there was an, another team up there that hold the first like three picks that could go quarterback, and everyone and, is sitting there. Yeah, a- anyone with upside is sitting there. And we'll talk about this order again because there's a reason. Like Green Bay's strategy is going to backfire horrendously, in my opinion. Um, but we're going to go Drake, Drake London to Atlanta at eight. I mean, that was the second big shocker. Did not see that at all. I never thought like. I don't know. I just, no part of me was like, oh, Drake London. Yeah, no, no part of me was like, oh, Drake London's going to be the first receiver taken. Listen, I love him. I think he's a really good route runner for his size. I think he's decently elusive after the catch and he's a box out specialist. I just thought they would go more, not small ball, but Garrett Wilson or Chris Olave, but they didn't. And, you know, I, I'm still kind of like not sure what to think about it. I like it. I don't hate it. It's just they're they're going in a different direction. Kudos to them for not just trying to replace Calvin Ridley and just doing something different. Uh, you know, Kyle Pitts and Drake London, good luck stopping them in the red zone whenever, you know, they get there once a game. So, you know, and to be fair, to be completely fair, we're looking at the second round and there's still Sky Moore. There's still – John Mechie. There's still a lot George of George Pickens, Christian Watson. There's still the receivers did not go later in the first like we thought they would because teams like Green Bay punted on it. And now Atlanta, with all the quarterbacks still there, Atlanta could take another receiver and then take a quarterback. Like this, Atlanta could really win this whole draft. They could end up with a much better draft than than anyone thought by how this board has fallen. Because if they take Sky Moore. Then you've got your, your slot guy that's a high target, or even John Mechie. I mean, this, this you know, hearsay, but it could be very, very good for Atlanta. Um, do you want to add anything in there? No, I'm just going to move to the next one. Yeah. Congratulations, Seattle. You finally didn't make a bozo move. Man, Charles Cross was falling for a guy whose hype train really ramped up over the last couple of weeks. And Seattle, man, when Seattle was on the board, I was like, these dudes are going to take Trevor Penning or they're going to do something stupid here. And they actually they actually thought out their decision this time. They actually weren't like, you know, smoking pot in the war room or something. Like, clear-minded, great choice. I like that Drew Locke is getting a chance and you gave him a left tackle. That's their way of saying F you, Russell Wilson. I, yeah, I like it. I I was also thinking, man, are they going to play that I outsmart everyone else type of rule? But they didn't. And 
listen, good for the Seahawks. Uh, they have a couple picks in a second. They could still go quarterback. I mean, for the Seattle, I you know, you couldn't have planned this better. I, I think you couldn't have dreamed that. In our opinion, the tackle would have been there. That that was just a non non or a no brainer move, and yet there was. Um, we talked about the the Garrett Wilson pick already. The Saints traded up as Washington probably just said, "I'm out of here." after Drake London was picked and they went with a little surprise to me. I mean, I love him. He was our wide receiver one, but Chris Olave, I really thought this was going to be Jamison Williams, but it wasn't, it was Olave. And I know Jack had a little bit of a, of, of a B plus grade due to them being copies of each other. I think they're different enough. I think Michael Thomas is a little bit bigger. Chris Olave is faster and, at the very least, you've got two of the best route running duos in the league. And I don't think you can underestimate that. So, you know, and it, what makes it even better for all these trades up is they gave up nothing. Like, yeah, these trades are not costing you an extra day to pick for the most part, or like an extra, you know, we had a couple trades that required green Bay trading up with giving up a first next year. And that's laughable looking at what Detroit did. I mean, it's good for the saints for making the move. People thought it was going to be a quarterback. I think for a second, just like with Detroit's trade, but they stayed true to their board. The saints jumped ahead of the wide receiver run, which I think was genius. Instead of letting it happen, they just did it. And good for them. Michael Thomas and him will form a nice duo. And if Michael Thomas gets hurt, you're not SOL with a bunch of B or C listers. So that's all I want to say on that one. Good. Uh, as we said, Detroit, we covered this. They went up and got Jamison Williams. Great trade. Um, decent pick. Uh, I would be curious to see what that interview was all about. But And we get Philly. Philly, Philly, Philly. They trade with Houston, again, giving up nothing, really. I think what was a, a fourth, fourth and two fifths. Do that trade all day. Howie, I don't know what you do at the coaches meeting or the front office meetings in the off season to where you like butter up the other guys and make them love you. And I don't know, it reminds me of, you know, a, a salesman's like, let me help, help me to help you. Like I can only <laughs> people imagine. helping people help me help you. I but I think that this trade, I think this trade worked out for both teams uh, in terms of Philly. I, Man, I love Jordan Davis, but what are you doing? Like, we talked about it the other day. Fletcher Cox, if he is not an eagle for life, Philly is going to burn to the ground. Hargrave got paid two offseason ago. You drafted Milton Williams. What, what is your plan with Jordan Davis? Because I, I don't see him playing end. I don't see Cox. Like, what? So, imagine if they played Hargrave, Cox, Jordan Davis, and Milton Williams on, as their line you'd never get a rushing yard on them. Like, yeah, but you would, you'd be in a worse sack situation than you were last year. uh, Maybe. I mean, Jordan Davis, if he's left one-on-one, I think we'll just eat someone alive. So then you get Josh sweat. I I don't know. Maybe they'll run like a five. I I just don't know why you need a four deep defensive tack. And I get they like their rotation, but Hargrave is being paid to be a three down player. Cox is being paid to be a three down player. Williams did enough to prove himself as the third guy. So I get that you jump ahead of Baltimore, but like, did you gonna think run, this one through? They're going to run a five, two. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
they're going to say, you know what, screw the corner. We're not even going to worry about it. They're not going to have a chance. Um, yeah, I, the trade was do it all the time. Houston gets some more picks to just stock their team. And like Jack, I love Jordan Davis. I think he's an elite run defender with a lot of pass rushing upside. And purely on the mentorship thing, there's no one I'd rather have Jordan Davis learning how to be a big man that pass rushes from than Fletcher Cox. Like that is to me as a mentor mentee matchup made in heaven, but you're right. They have two other defensive tackles there that are going to have to play. And unless one of them is traded, unless Howie's on the phone saying, help me to help you <laughs> further. I, I just wonder, cause Davis is going to have to play right away. He, he has the ability to play right away. And I don't know. I mean, even if even if you wanted to argue that Fletcher Cox could play end, so what is Milton Williams just never going to play? Like, I, I, it's just a weird. I don't know. I, I'm sure they'll figure it out. And this is a Philly move for sure. It's been their calling card is just yeah. Forget stacking. needs. Let's go stack the D line. And I mean, to be honest, there's what three maybe unicorns in this draft with Trayvon Walker. Jordan Davis and Jelani Woods and you just go do it like you figure it out later this is a b plus for me and I we'll see how it works out I I don't know what their exact plan is but I love that he's in a room with Fletcher Cox to learn from and I think this fit can give him the most potential to break out of just the run stuffing role it's just how much work is he going to get um but Baltimore with probably the steal of the draft or one of the steals of the draft with our best player getting taken at 14 in Kyle Hamilton. Uh, I'll let you take the lead in this one. Baltimore. I don't know how they managed to do it, but every year it seems like they just have this like wild situation where everything falls right for them. I don't know if that's just, Harbaugh and DaCosta knowing what they're doing or like spying or I don't know what's going on but everything always seems to fall right for them and they got two steals I never thought Hamilton would touch pick 14 and then they literally as uh, they take the pick they trade back into the first round 10 picks later and take Tyler Linderbaum at 25 a guy that He's talked about as being an all-pro starting his rookie year. You just got two of the best prospects in this year's draft for basically peanuts. Uh, I'd also like to say that we did predict that Marquise Brown was going to be traded. So, yeah, that was that was not the play. I don't know what player I thought it was going to be when they said there was a player involved. I I don't know. I I think Arizona choosing Hollywood over essentially like Sky Moore is a choice. I don't like it. I I would not have a high grade on Arizona's decision for that. I really I don't know how Baltimore got a first out of Hollywood. I I know his numbers look bad look decent, but man, that guy drops touchdowns left and right. I mean, he's probably second to Evan Ingram on clutch drops, and. I don't know what Baltimore's plan is. I thought they wanted to open the offense up a little bit more. I don't have a problem with them trading Hollywood. And I think they need to take two more receivers in this draft to, to, you know, you can replace Hollywood Brown with like Calvin Austin in the third 
uh, or Vilas Jones. And I just, you know, is Devin Duvernay, is he expected to take on like a deep threat role? I, I don't know. I would, that would be my guess. Um, but there's, you know, with losing Miles Boykin and now without Marquise Brown, you got to add another body there. But hey, you got a first for him. I, I applaud you. Yeah, oh props to you. I mean, that. And you went with, instead of forcing the receiver, as even though I don't think it would have been a bad pick, you took Linderbaum, which, amazing, amazing. If, they, if they can get a guy like Pickens in the second, though, that fits what they do absolutely perfectly. Yeah, they, they kind of, Pickens is, you know, honestly, Pickens is like a blend of Boykin and Hollywood. Yeah. He's the, the blocker that Boykin is with the speed that Hollywood has. Not quite as fast, but hey, um, Baltimore continues to win the draft as they usually do, but they just need to fire their offensive coordinator. They also need to figure out what they're doing with this now third safety because they have so much money invested in that room as who's it is. The, it's Chuck Clark, and who is the third one? Marcus Williams, who they got this year. Oh. So, I mean, unless they're planning on playing Hamilton as, like, a nickel or – I mean, this is just Baltimore giving different looks. That's that. It could just be a matter it's, of ch- too, changing the look. Too good a value to pass up. Like like with the Eagles, you figure it out later. You you do the the A plus pick, figure it out. Yeah. Uh, we covered the Texans taking Kenyon Green. Great pick. Uh, they needed offensive line. They still need more. But Green has all the flexibility in the world. And now we have the Commanders. Um, they traded out because I assume, as we predicted over and over, that they wanted Drake London, and that got thrown out the window. They traded out instead of taking – I thought that Chris Olave got taken ahead of their pick, but they traded out of the Chris Olave pick, which I think is a little weird considering he went to the Ohio State. I was going to say – so the thing is Ron Rivera doesn't travel to pro days. He traveled to two pro days, Drake London's and Ohio State's. With Chris Olave on the board, why are you trading out for peanuts? And then you go out and take Jahan Dotson. And I'm not going to cover that because I didn't cover the receivers. But, like, dude, you know how much – you're in the news for, like, the worst possible stuff right now. Your fans need a little bit of positivity. This was not it. Like, I, what are you doing? Yeah. Um, I – if it's a choice between Olave and Dotson, I think Olave is the much better prospect. Dotson, for me, is overrated. I think he's – his speed doesn't show up on tape. He doesn't usually beat a ton of guys vertically or create a bunch of space with his speed. What he does well, he's a good route runner. His hands are elite. I will say that he's can be as dependable as dependable can be about catching the ball. I just wonder about his separation ability, and he's easy to bring down after the catch. I think he's going to slot right in. He's going to be put right into the slot role. I don't see him as an outside perimeter guy, and he can be dependable. I think the fit makes sense, but. I think Olave and not having that extra fourth or whatever you got, I would rather have Olave. But I was gonna say, but don't they already have their slot guy in Curtis Samuel? Like I mean, Samuel's been hurt all the time and and maybe you have a different role in mind for him. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, but there is a lot of money invested in him. Yeah. I don't think you can count. I wouldn't be counting on Samuel. That's like the same thing with the Colts with Paris Campbell. I think they're both in very similar situations where in an ideal world, yeah, they're the starters, but they're hurt so much. I don't, I don't know that you could count on them. Uh, For the time being, I think Dotson is a, I don't know. I I just, I don't like it. I think 
I think there was other receivers still here. I would have taken, I would have had Burks over Dodson. I don't know. I, it's not a good grade for me. Um, I had it at a C it's probably even worse as I think about it. And maybe I'm just lower on Dodson than most, but I, the, you know, they needed size and needed speed. And I know Dodson ran a good 40, but it doesn't show to me at least. So anyway, the Chargers took Zion Johnson. I cannot comment too much on the actual player. However, the position is right. We had them going guard in our last mock, but I forget. It wasn't Zion Johnson, right? No, we had them taking Kenyon Green. Yeah, so with Green gone, Johnson is a logical choice. Uh, Jack, you can talk more. I... So Zion Johnson is a guy they talk about as having positional flexibility, although I only watched him at guard. Uh, but from what I saw at guard, I would not play him at tackle. Uh, they're talking about how, I mean, this is NFL Network's analyst. They're talking about how they noted pass blocking when they watched him. I thought that it's serviceable. I not elite by any stretch of the imagination. I thought that he was very clearly probably the best run blocking interior offensive lineman in this class. And to me, this pick makes me think that they want to try to run the ball a little bit more, maybe take the pressure off Herbert and the offense. Uh, I mean, Burks is still here. They could have gone receiver. Like we had a couple of times, like Zach said, at the end of the day, it's about protecting the young quarterback. It's about, building the line in front of him. Uh, Johnson is just going to have to develop as he goes. Uh, hopefully uh, Slater and Corey Lindsley can, can teach him some ins and outs of pass blocking. But for now, I think my thoughts are off the bat here. The Chargers are going to take a running back in late day two, early day three, and just try to pound, pound it down the field a little bit more than they did last season. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked if their day two picks are running back wide receiver in any particular order. Mm -hmm. If they go, again, I keep going back to Sky Moore because he's the value here. Uh, and he had something different. While I think this is more of a third round or later pick, Wandale Robinson would be a good addition. And just any running back to pair with Austin Eckler because Eckler has been great, but he cannot keep going at the usage rate he's at. Mm -hmm. uh, but then we had maybe the biggest trade in this draft all of the news about Debo Samuel being traded kind of at least in my mind really shrunk down the possibility of AJ Brown being a draft day trade and yet here we are the Titans traded AJ Brown for pick 18 to the Eagles and a third right the third went from the Eagles as well yes so and then they took Traylon Burks so for me my initial thought was when the Bills traded for Stefan Diggs and then the Vikings took Justin Jefferson. I think you're trading away a player and replacing him with a very similar player. And you're staying cheap. And the Eagles immediately signed him to a four-year, $100 million deal. For the Titans, I like it. Uh, while A.J. Brown shows that he's an elite talent, he has not been able to stay healthy. And I think instead of paying him, which isn't really the Titans' style, you trade him and you go get a guy and hope that at the very least he can be healthier. He's a little bit bigger. He's six two, I think that, and AJ Brown is six foot something. And I, I like the move for Tennessee for Philly. I don't know. I don't love it. I, I don't hate it because AJ Brown is the proven one between the two, but 
I don't know that you needed to give an extra third. I, if it required an extra day two pick, I probably would just sat tight and taken Traylon Burks personally. I don't, I don't know. And then you had to pay him all that money. Is AJ Brown worth it? Probably, but he needs to stay healthy and he hasn't been able to do that. So uh, the one thing I want to add, because this is the Eagles final move of the first round. I want them to take Willis so bad. Now the fact that he's still there, Willis or Sam Howell, I am begging you Philly add some drama, stir the pot and go take one of the quarterbacks in the second round. Yeah. Kind of building off what Zach said. I was, uh, that's where I was eventually going to end up with my point is even if it means trading up a couple picks, you have the assets, please, uh, for the love of God, please go try Malik Willis or Sam Howell, because first off, no one could have ever pictured the board falling quarterback wise exactly the way it did. Uh, and for me, it's like anyone who's followed us from the time we started this is we talk about Devonte Smith being a one very clearly a one, but he's not your typical alpha one. So now you have a one, a one B situation with an alpha and your non-typical one, but now it's in the hands of Jalen Hurts. That is like me going out and buying a $50 steak handing it to a baby and saying, here, cook yourself a meal. You paid A.J. Brown $25 million a year with $57 million guaranteed to go catch passes from a dude who can't even see the open receiver. Just who's watch gonna, the Tampa Bay game. Who's gonna this be is throwing a waste to Zach of money. He's going to be throwing to Zach Pascal. <laughs> oh Jalen Rieger's still on the team, so he'll probably so, continue to look at him. I think I truly expect Jalen Rager and Andre Diller to be gone in this draft. Maybe I think they will be draft day trades. I really do. I, I think at least the least Rager will be gone because Howie needs to start writing these wrongs. I mean, they already converted our Seagull white side to tight end. So he won't see the field as much and you can stash him on the practice squad because he's a develop, developmental tight end, you know? And at this point, I mean, even if, you didn't think they were worth first rounders. Malik Willis is worth a second round. Sam Howell is worth a second round. And just like when they drafted Hertz, when you had Wentz, you're not saying that they're going to start right away. A second round quarterback does not start right away. Typically. Yeah. But when I, you see that Hertz is going to keep making the same right, right, mistakes. Right. No, no, no. I, I know that that's why I would do yeah. it. But I'm saying like, in, as far as facing the media, Hertz is a second round pick. You don't owe him anything. He had a rough, I mean, everybody's talking about how good a year. His throwing year last year was rough. So that way you have a second round pick. I, if it was me, I'd probably go Sam Howell. Willis has more upside, but Sam Howell, if Hertz really struggles, although you have Minshew. So, I, you know, it, it's really about preference, I guess, at this point. I would probably go Howell, although I would not be upset if it was Willis. I, I just want Philly to do it. I, I think you're going to keep searching, you know, if – if Hurts doesn't work out, if he does great, I don't know that his upside is anything more than an average quarterback, a Tyrod Taylor. And I know Taylor wasn't bad in Buffalo, but it's also not, you know, Willis's upside is, is up here. And Hurts is like here and Howe is like here, a little bit between them in my eyes. And I think if you don't do it and you let Hurts just go in and live or die by him, then you're still pushing the, the championship hopes down the line if you have to draft a quarterback in the first round next year 
And there's no guarantee. No quarterbacks are guaranteed next year. So, you know, I think it, now is the time. I think you just got to make it happen. Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard, Miles Sanders, Kenneth Gainwell, A.J. Brown, a, a solid Eagles offensive line as always. This is no longer a Nissan Altima. This is a Ferrari. And you just get, you're giving the keys to a kid that can't drive. And, man, it, it sucks how much we bash on Hurts, but Zach talked about it. It's, he doesn't have the basics, anticipation. He, he scrambles too early. He, he can't make wide open throws. Like it, it's the basic stuff. It's not us like judging him because he's not Tom Brady. It's, he can't do basic stuff that even Minshew could do when he was running that offense. Yeah, and I know he's been working, speaking of Brady, he is working with Brady, and I know he's putting in the work, but the truth is when you get into a game situation, it's different. I mean, maybe he does make some strides and he's serviceable, but okay, so then Willis keeps developing. Willis isn't going to have to be thrust into starting action this year if you take him. Like, it's just, our, our, my argument is, what could it hurt at this point? Because Willis is upside if he's Lamar, he's above Hurts. He's above what Hurts will ever be. So I don't know why you don't even, you know, throw a dartboard at it. Who cares? If you take Willis, especially, he's not going to be pushing Hertz to start anytime soon. So you can get the best of both worlds. Just like what should have happened was just let Hertz. I mean, Wentz finish out the year while Hertz developed instead of throwing Hertz in there, even though it was an ugly year, it doesn't matter. They played that whole situation wrong. Anyway, the saints, yeah, we could rant about the Eagles forever. We'll probably have a whole special on, oh, we will be doing team breakdowns after the draft. The Saints took Trevor Penning. Um, if I'm being completely honest, I didn't remember this pick. Uh, the position is right. We knew they needed a tackle. Uh, neither one of us are massive fans of Penning. But, you know, the Saints went in. I, I still think Travis Jones would have been a better pick here as the defensive tackle, but Penning was a need. So it's, it's a D it's an okay pick. Let's put it that way. It's not a horrible pick. Um, you're going to deal with, I think a lot of holding calls from what I've seen. And the only thing I can say is the saints, if most of the coaching staff is there seem to be able to, to produce offensive linemen at a high rate. So it, it's right position, wrong person. And I think I would have been more comfortable with someone like Ryman or well, if, if you wanted to trade down or even in the second round, Abraham Lucas, Falele, Salier, I would have been more comfortable with any of those guys. I th- I've said this before. I think Penning's physicality is his cover-up for actually not being that good. And I'm not saying that he can't be good down the line, but he needs time to sit. And right now he does not have that opportunity in New Orleans. And for Daniel Jeremiah and that idiot crew saying that he's going to replace Terran Armstead. What are you talking about? Armstead is one of the best tackles in the league and has been for years to make that type of statement is ridiculous. Yeah. Well, that's a commonality with the NFL network crew. (laughs) So the Steelers stopped the quarterback slide and they went with Kenny Pickett. All right. So there's two trains of thought here. And I think they kind of cancel each other out and make this an average pick. One, it's a super safe pick. The, the positives, it's a super safe pick. You know what you're getting. He's a local kid. I mean, I got to be honest, when they panned to him and he was crying, 
I know that it wasn't fake. It seemed like it actually meant something that he got picked by his hometown team. And that's great. It's a great story. You can sell it to your fans. And, uh, you know, he can come in and compete right away. He's got decent athleticism for his size. He's got a good, not great arm. He's got good, not great accuracy. However, the negatives, his ceiling is very average and he's got a high floor. He's basically Trubisky in my eyes, maybe a little bit more upside, but I, I don't know. Trubisky was a third overall pick. Even if you think it was a reach at the time, he's playing now in a game or in a team that is going to play a lot of games in the cold, a lot of games in the snow for a guy with the hand size. Again, I can't say over and over again that I am not, and Jack is not as big of a believer in that mattering. However, he would have, I think the smallest hands in the NFL as a quarterback. I think it's not even close. Yeah. So look, it might matter. It might not, but it's certainly something to be thinking about. I think this is an average pick. I would have preferred them shoot upside and allow Trubisky to show if he can be the starter because I mean, in a way Pickett's going to push him, but Pickett doesn't gain anything by sitting. So it's just like a, I don't know. It's an average pick to me. And maybe it'll work out really well for them. But, to you know, if Trubisky wins the job, then Pickett's a wasted pick. I think it's if, a different story if Trubisky's on a one-year deal, though. The fact yeah, that he's on two yeah. years and if he – if Trubisky proves that Nagy was the issue and he goes out and starts playing at a Pro Bowl level, then what are you doing? Either you're not resigning Trubisky, who's going to start looking like an, uh, an a Pro Bowler, or you're going to get rid of Pickett, who you took with the 20th overall pick, and now you look stupid. So – <laughs> it's it's to me it's not a horrible pick um because really i think pittsburgh offense is set up that you don't need a an elite quarterback to do well and we saw that because they played with ben the last three yeah, years. yeah and i obviously pick it's an upgrade over the ben that the, has been there the last few years but so is trubisky so uh, look we we are not in the front office we don't know the conversations with trubisky we don't know if the demeanor like maybe he's just not meant for the spotlight but you don't know that's the thing he sat in buffalo he learned i don't know i i think if trubisky shrinks again then this looks like a good pick if trubisky does well this is a bad pick because again Pickett doesn't gain anything by sitting um i don't know maybe pittsburgh already has an idea on it and that's why it was Pickett. Uh, that's the only thing i can think of is maybe they already know Although I would have a hard time believing that. We don't know. We're not there. We're going to move on. The Chiefs traded up with the Patriots and took Trent McDuffie. Fine. Uh, you know, he was the next corner. Right, Jack? Would you agree? He so, so for me, the next corner would have been Kyler Gordon. And I think that would have been a little bit better fit for Kansas City because I think Kyler Gordon – I comped him, I believe, to Mike Hilton, or at least in style of play, because I think that he'll kick into the slot in the pros. And they blitzed him, like, at Washington in the red zone. They would literally line him up as an outside linebacker and blitz, and they would let him set the edge like a linebacker. And I think that's what Mike Hilton does really well for Cincinnati and when he was in Pittsburgh and – he, he flashed more of the man coverage stuff than McDuffie, and Washington plays about 90% zone. So that's not something to worry about. 
Kansas City came up and, I mean, they probably saved New England because New England doesn't hit on first-round corners. They probably would have taken the wrong guy. But the Chiefs take the upside Washington corner, which completely fine by me. Uh, is he the alpha in the room? Probably not. Does he strengthen up the room? Probably. Um, again, this is another trade that required peanuts. So to get a player of that caliber at 21 without really having to give much up, it's good. And then I'll uh, send it back to Zach to talk about their second pick, which is also another great pick for them. Yeah, I just want to say, like, look – regardless of if you like the player or not, these aren't backbreaking trades. Like there's just no downside in my eyes. If you're giving up so little to, to go. And then they went and they got, again, one of our top picks of the draft or, or one of our best values in George Karloffis. I, I really, really believe he was a top two edge rusher in this class, or at least if you want to talk about, he was a top two end in this class. If you want to break it down, and be more specific he he does a lot he can kick inside if you need him to he's a very good power and speed combo i wouldn't be surprised if he ends up being the best pass rusher from this first round i, I would not be shocked uh a plus grade for me I, and jack's the same I, look the chiefs i don't know why they did what they did with frank clark but they they he's not a great starter and they they went and they improved the defense. They did it in a different position than we had um, with that not being Devin Lloyd. But look, it was a great pick. Uh, the Chiefs, again, resisted the urge to take a wide receiver if they didn't think the fit was right, which I said all along and Jack agreed that they're starting three. Even their, their backups are fine. I think they add another body, but there is no need to, to force this. And they went with the defense. And now for me, at least, they're right back in it with the West. I think these two picks really put them in a better situation than they were, whereas I don't think another wide receiver would have. Mm, I agree there. So then we have the clowns of the draft. The Packers. I I I don't get it. I, I don't know what they're doing. I I just I can't believe that the mocks where they had them going non-wide receiver were real. I, I, I don't understand. I, what is, what's the point? Why are you signing Rogers to this mega deal? Why is Jordan love still on the roster? Even if it's for a day two pick, unless you can flip love for that second round pick that Atlanta has coming up and take a receiver, which even still Quay Walker, I know he is a riser. I know he's a good linebacker. I know he's got a lot of upside, but even if you didn't want to take receiver linebacker is not your biggest need. It's not even close. You have Devondre Campbell and Chris Barnes, who is a gem find as an undrafted. I was going to say, agent. why is everyone forgetting what Chris Barnes has been able to do? Like that's, I don't know. So for me, Walker, and I told Zach this a couple of times, I believe that Walker could be the first linebacker off the board and rightfully so he, he was. And, it, at Georgia, they mix up the front. So Walker did line up as an outside backer. He did line up as an off-the-ball linebacker. He just has developing to do. And I get that in this situation you can sit. Uh, are you looking to use him to give different looks in the front, to use him in a way, in a rotational way that 
that Georgia did. I, do I don't do? understand. I would have rather take this safety here if you're going to take a position where you have established starters because Savage can't stay healthy. Yeah. I, I, offensive lineman would have made more sense here. Uh, receiver would have made a lot more sense. I mean, say what you want. Sky Moore would have fit perfectly into what they're missing. I would have taken Chris, Jelani Woods at 22 over quite Walker. Yeah, that's – yeah, yeah. I just – and then, you know, with their second pick, they went Devontae Wyatt. I'm not a big Devontae Wyatt fan. I understand that the fit makes uh, – Devontae Wyatt makes more sense than Quay Walker to me. And I – so, you know, if this – if pick 22 had been Devontae Wyatt, I think I would have given it a solid C, maybe a C plus. But you passed on the receivers. And, again, this – if they're able to trade Jordan Love and end up with that, that Atlanta second-round pick right there – and take a receiver. Okay, you know, that might change the context a little bit on the Devontae Wyatt pick. The Quay Walker just doesn't make sense to me. I, I don't know why you don't just sit back and take a linebacker in the third. I, I don't know why this, this, I don't know. I, I this, I don't know. I, I don't have words for this. I mean, if you're going to take someone, Jermaine Johnson was there. Like, Jermaine Johnson is the type of value that you couldn't pass up there. Tyler Linderbaum was there. Even like, if you're going to, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't have words for this. Uh, the Green Bay Packers continue their string of what the heck are they doing first round picks and just drafting in general. I mean, Look, Eric Stokes worked out. Jordan Love didn't. A.J. Dillon hasn't done much. Like, at what point is this starting to become highly questionable? Why did you sign Rodgers? I, I just – what's the point? You know? Like – I want to know if Rodgers was talked to at all about the draft plan. I'm going to assume that the answer was a hard, hard no. But 50 – well, his contract's front-loaded. He makes, like – thought i heard that over know. 70 million or so but the point is he's annually he's making 50 million dollars a year to throw to gut dude give me a helmet i'll go beat out some of their receivers like yeah <laughs> i i don't it's just look like i'm just gonna say this over and over if they can turn jordan love into that early second from atlanta if if they leave this draft with jordan love still on their roster and they didn't get an extra pick for him and get a receiver, even if it's a third round. F. Like, it's just. Gundakus needs, or however you say his last name, he needs to go. He, he's, he's been the longest standing person there. There's clearly, that's clearly the only thing that all these coaches and these teams have in common. And Rogers literally said it in his presser at the end of the year. He refuses to sign guys that are Packers, Clay Matthews, Jordy Nelson. These are all guys that left because Gundakush thinks that he has it under control. And then you watch him do stupid stuff like this in the draft. Yep. Um, Again, if this was Jermaine Johnson, I could have easily seen the argument that the value is too good to pass up. And a defensive end is a need. A linebacker is not, Uh, you know, a third round linebacker that you throw in there to the mix, whatever. That makes sense. Anyway, the Bills trade up with the Ravens and take Kyer Elam. This is not the corner I thought it was going to be. I guess if you're sitting, if you're not expecting him to be a number one, it's a decent pick. I didn't scout him too much. Um, I know he was injured a lot, I believe, right? 
on and uh, off. That I do not know. I know he got knocked out of the Alabama game. Um, and oh, wait, that's right. He did miss a lot of – he missed like a whole month this season, I think. So maybe this is a – this could be a high-risk, high-reward pick. Um, at least, again, right position. At least you're not pulling a Green Bay and picking a, a high-risk, a high high-reward player in the wrong position. So the only thing I can say about the Buffalo pick is that I don't think you could have chosen wrong. I, we talked about this from the get-go. I think that this is a very much luxury pick, much like all of their picks. Um, I think that they did the right thing by addressing corner because, again, you didn't lose the, the Chiefs game because of your offense. You lost it because your defense couldn't cover anybody. Oh, yeah. I'm so glad this wasn't Brees Hall. I know they were saying that when they traded up, and I was like, please. I, I just don't know who you're jumping for Brees Hall. That was I, my whole thought. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, I mean, for Buffalo, whether it's Trent McDuffie or Kyler Gordon, I mean, McDuffie's off the board, but I thought that the two Washington corners would have been – Picture perfect fit in Buffalo with Trey White there. Uh, Kyrie Elam, that's uh, Trey White. Hopefully, he stays healthy because if Elam is your one, Bills fans, please start praying because this man gets bullied by receivers. For a guy that's 6'2, man, you'd think he's 5'6. He gets bull- like manhandled. I have never seen something so embarrassing in my life. Like I like I said, I didn't scout the corners. The only thing I can say is he held, at least from what I saw when I watched John Mechie, he held him in check, and then when he went out, Mechie thrived. I was going to say, well, his coverage skills aren't the issue. I think he's a top 15 pick based on coverage skills alone. But he just can't tackle. He's Marcus Peters, but worse. Yeah, pretty much. Um, again, at least it was the right, it was the right position. And then we get to Dallas, and – even in my wildest dreams of who this pick could be, I, even if you, the Dallas is going to pick their guy, I didn't think it was Tyler Smith. Uh, before Jack talks about this, I just want to say that draft room is one of the most depressing things I've ever seen. It was dimly lit. It was like they were in a cave. I don't know if Jerry Jones thinks he's Batman and he's in the Bat Cave, but it was much sadder than that. I mean, the guys in the back were like in the shadows. <laughs> it was just like, you know, it was like it looked uh, like Jerry Jones's wake. Like that's what I yeah, that was my thought. It was like Jerry Jones's Darth Sidious on the Death Star. That was the kind of the vibe I got, the evil overlord. But look, Dallas did it again. They just went and took Tyler Smith. Um Jack, you can talk about this one. I from what uh, offensive lineman I small I saw, it was definitely not Tyler Smith. So, so uh, I'm going to quote Zach here. Dallas took their guy from the dark cave that is their war room, and uh, I, I said what Zach said. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's literally maybe the whole point of having the dim lit war room was so that they could throw a dart at their board, and, and whatever it landed on, they couldn't argue with it. Uh, <laughs> Tyler Smith – for most people, this isn't a shock. He, he became, uh, he jumped on the hype train and somehow found himself in the first round in mock drafts. And when I watch him, there's technically, he may have been one of the worst tackles I've seen. Uh, I think that there's things to work on or to work with, uh, with Tyler Smith, but man, if they throw him into action right away, especially to try to replace a guy like Connor Williams at guard or Lyle Collins at tackle, Dak Prescott 
is going to ask for a trade. This man is going to get him killed. He he needs at least – I mean, I talked about Penning needing a year. This dude probably needs two or three years. <laughs> so you think this is like an Andre Dillard situation? Well, Dillard was a first-rounder that year, I think. But that's but, my point, like uh, where he's taken in the first, but he probably doesn't really ever start or work out. Oh, yeah. Only Dallas could pull a move like this. Only like we talk about Seattle trying to reaching. What this is like? This is the Seattle move I was waiting for. Yeah. Um, we're gonna skip a couple here because we already talked about the Jets' amazing trade up to take Jermaine Johnson and Baltimore Ravens' amazing trade and still Jags to take Lloyd. Yeah. Again, Devin Lloyd. It's not about my grade is gonna be bad, and it's not about Devin Lloyd. It's just not. It's about. Look, Quartermain is not a starter. I get that. But there's so many linebackers still there. Like, there's so many day two linebackers. I, 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 just, I scouted linebackers. There's – this is – especially for how the board fell, this is such a deep linebacker class. And even guys that were on the hype train, like Troy Anderson, I have later grades on them but they're going to be steals because they can sit and learn and they have the physical tools to do so guys like Malcolm Rodriguez and Channing Tindall in the third. I just don't understand what green Bay and Jacksonville are doing. I thought one linebacker would go in the first and it would probably most likely be Lloyd because I think he has the upside of Parsons, but for two of them to go in the first round with the depth of this class, I, <laughs> It just it yeah, doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it's I don't know. I don't know what Jacksonville. Look, I, maybe they're thinking about going back to the Saxonville days and just building up the defense. But you're taking two guys that that are athletic upside guys that high risk, high reward. Yeah, it's a super risk. I mean, they could be both horrible picks. I mean, I know they're high character at the least, so that's great, and you don't have to worry about that part of it. But So basically what you just said made me think that unless the goal of Doug Peterson is to just try to flip the team from what Urban Meyer did to yeah. it in high character guys. As soon as you said, as soon as you started that, I was like, yeah, maybe it is about. However, that doesn't give you the right to ignore the fact that you have a quarterback compared to Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck who still needs help on the O-line. My counter to that, to the argument that they're trying to build a culture is the Raiders when they drafted Colin Farrell. That was the big supporting argument is that they wanted a locker room leader. Yeah. And, and it's great if they are locker room leaders, but just I can't I can't get behind these picks for the Jacksonville. Even you know even if you want to take the high risk high reward guy with Trayvon Walker, okay, that you know what whatever it's fine, but I I don't know I just this second this trade up almost felt like it had to be an offensive lineman and it wasn't like what you I was going to say you you jumped or you traded with Tampa. You traded in front of Green Bay, in front of New England, in front of Cincinnati. That screams Lyman. Who are you worried about taking Lloyd there? Like, I just – I don't know. Green Bay. <laughs> yeah, 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 double-dipping at linebacker. Uh, 
Uh, Green Bay taking Devontae Wyatt. We already talked about it. Uh, horrible pick because of the receiver. I think Wyatt's fit, as I've said over and over, is better than Quay Walker. But I don't know. Like, Wyatt's best best chances is being similar to Kenny Clark unless they're ready to move on from Kenny Clark. Like, I don't think Wyatt's an amazing pass rusher and he's a decent run defender and he's a good athlete, but I don't know. Green Bay lost the first round to me. I mean, I was going to say, I don't know that there's a team that actually did worse. I Dallas, the only argument I have for Green Bay being the worst is that they did it twice. Yeah. And I, you know, Jacksonville to me is more of a, probably a loser than a winner, but at least you can see the rationale of just going for it all. I mean, upside in character. That's yeah. If, if, um, I almost called him Parsons. If Devin Lloyd works out, he's Micah Parsons. And if Trayvon Walker works out, I don't know who he is. I mean, he's a very athletic. Well, that was the comp. but That was my comp for him. But I guess if you're saying he works out as the first round pick, he's better than that. So, okay, that – what is Quay Walker and Devontae Wyatt? like? uh, For me, Walker was Tremaine Edmonds. But, like, my argument is Devontae Campbell and Kenny Clark. Yeah. You have that. You have that. Like, your defense wasn't even a problem. I, I just – you lost to Darius Smith. It doesn't – replacing it with Devontae Wyatt and Ch- uh, Chang, Quay Walker, Walker. just – no. Then why did you pay Devontae Campbell? <laughs> it just doesn't make sense. Anyway, the Patriots and their signature trade down – uh, we're back to the normal Patriots, you know, no spending in free agency, draft day trades and all took Cole Strange, who I know Jack was high on and he has this as an A. I look, they traded Shaq Mason in a horrible trade, in my opinion, for what, a six rounder. But uh, from, you know, from what little I know, Strange is very coachable. Sounds like a Belichick player. I mean, I trust the one thing I trust in the Patriots to do is to draft good offensive linemen. They may whiff on other first rounders, but every time they drafted an offensive lineman, it's worked out. It seems. Uh, so, uh, yeah, to start Cole Strange, I did have a day one grade on, which was funny because he wasn't one of my initial scouts. He was one of the guys that I was like, oh, let me take a quick look at, and you know, if I like him, I'll go in further and. Right from like the first snap, I was like, "Yep, this is a guy I'm gonna have to watch a couple of games of." And I mean, they were talking about him as a day two steal, and it's absolutely true. If you got him on day two, it's a steal. But this is right around where I thought he could go. And uh, one of our friends texted me a tweet from JPA Football that said, in an interview with Sean McVay, that he said he wasted their time watching Cole Strange, thinking that that he would be there at 104. So. Uh, there's clearly a mix of opinions on him. I think it has to do with the fact of, well, two reasons. One, he played at Chattanooga. Uh, two, he's not built like your stereotypical guard. But to me, just like for alignment, like it's just weird because Linderbaum, undersized, but plays like a maniac. Cole Strange doesn't look like a, a stereotypical guard, but probably going to be good especially in new england uh, salier and filet not 
not athletic. Like they, their upside is not there, but they can play now. It, it's just a matter of what you're looking for. And like Zach said, if, if Bilicek says this is the guy on the O-line, it's most likely the guy. Like Yeah, and he likes most of his linemen to be super athletic. So, you know, an undersized guard makes sense. A guy that can move, a guy that can, you know, do whatever the weird rushing concepts they've got going on. Um, so then we're going to go to – we already covered the Chiefs with Karlofitis, great pick. The Bengals taking Daxton Hill. <sighs> I don't know what to think about this. It it's an it's a great player, but they have both roles he could play. They have, and they have elite options. Their their slot corner is is it Mike Hilton, right? Yeah. I don't want to. I was going to confuse him with Holton Hill or something. Um, Mike Hilton, one of the best slot corners, if not the best slot corner, and then their both safeties are Pro Bowlers. It's just. I, I don't know. I, I, unless they've got some grand vision of converting him to a full-time corner or they're looking to trade one of the safeties, but you think that would have been part of a first round trade considering the level that they play at. I, I don't know. I, I don't know what the plan is here. This is another one of those, just take the pick and, and figure it out. But you think one of the other corners that are straight corners would have been a better pick here. You know, Kyler Gordon, Andrew Booth, even. I, I just, I, I guess this is one of those you got to wait and see what happens. You know, if they go and trade one of the safeties tomorrow, all right, well, then that's clear that they had the plan. But I don't know. I don't know. This was just a weird one to me. This pick hurt me. It really hurt me on the inside because Daxon Hill is one of my favorite prospects this year. He, he is a playmaker. When I, when you say the word playmaker of this class, Hill is the first name that comes to mind. And Hill did play corner at Michigan. Like he, on their goal line and short yardage stuff, he was the only corner on the field. So if they want to convert him to an outside corner, that I'm sure he'll be fine the problem is that he's not going to be the playmaker that you watch on film from the outside. And I mean, you just signed Hilton like two years ago to a four-year deal. So Hill's not playing anytime soon as a safety, unless the contract negotiations are, I mean, unless the intentions were tag and trade or the extension talks are just going really bad. I, I don't understand. This is an, I mean, this is almost like the Hamilton thing where, like, maybe you run three safeties, but, like, if you get rid of Bates, Bell is more of a box safety, too. And, I mean, I'm sure Hill's got versatile as hell. So, uh, if you ask him to play safety, he'll play safety. If you want him to play corner, he'll play corner. But I just don't think you're going to get the most out of him doing something where he isn't just, like, free range like Hilton is. Uh, it, it just seems like you're if if Hilton was on his last year I think this is a different story but you still have him for two or three years so I mean you literally just drafted a clone of your nickelback I don't know what the thought is here Uh, that one might have to shake itself out just like Kyle Hamilton Um, but we're going to finish this with the last pick the Vikings I thought for sure we're going to trade out of this I was 
very surprised at how quickly they got the pick in. I, you know, I thought somebody was going to trade up for this quarterback, uh, whoever it was, but they stayed and they took Lewis sign or scene and uh, Rich Eisen had a great uh, closing remark. He was like, and scene. <laughs> I, I thought it was funny. I missed that. <laughs> I thought it was, I thought it was a little funny. I wonder how much he had that geared up and hoping that he was going to be the final player in the first Jack scouted him. Uh, I know that safety is a huge need for them. I don't know if he fits well with Harrison Smith in your opinion, but at least again, this is another one where the position was right. I still think it could have been one of the corners. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's where I was going to go with this is Kyler Cincinnati passed on both corners that were left. Even if I'm not high on booth at this point, like verge round two, I think the value would be okay there. <sighs> I get you lost Xavier Woods and like, but you were in a position to get Kyle Hamilton. It's if Detroit gave you two first round picks, a third round pick and something else, I think this is a different story. Even if they just gave you a second outright, but they didn't. Yeah. The fact that all you got was a pick flop in the first and second and a third rounder. And you walked away. Now, don't get me wrong. Lewis Seen is a good prospect. Uh, for a guy who's considered a hard hitter, I think that he played the deep zones a lot. I think that overall he's a good prospect. Probably goes in, well, for Minnesota, he, he steps in day one and plays next to Harrison Smith. And I think that that's a great guy for him to learn from, uh, from a leadership aspect and a play aspect. But why trade out at 12 when you could have Kyle Hamilton? Because Scene isn't Kyle Hamilton. Uh, I mean, I get that you want one of the corners like Stingley, but the best prospect in this class fell to your lap. And you're like, nope, going to trade it to Peanuts, to my division rival. I, you are going to – good luck. with Man, James, if Jameson Williams burns you all, you're, you're going to look so dumb. Yeah, I – like I said, the position was right, but was the diff was Kyle Hamilton passing on him really worth just an extra third and some pick swaps? I I don't think so. Uh, I mean, I guess it depends on what they do with that second and like yeah, but who? But okay, so even I mean, if they end up with one of the corners, I guess that makes it a little bit better. If they end up. You know, if they end up with Kyle Hamilton and Kyle well, Gordon. Okay, so just a little foreshadowing here. The, the order tomorrow is Tampa Bay from Jacksonville, Minnesota from Detroit, Tennessee from the, the Jets, I believe. So <laughs> Minnesota is going to basically have their choice of defenders because I can't imagine Tampa goes defense. It's it's probably O-line or receiver. Uh, or tight end, I think. Well, I, I guess gonna, that's what you – yeah, that's probably what you meant. But. Uh, uh, or, I mean, they could take – it could be a defensive lineman. It's definitely not secondary. Let's put it that way. So, for me, I get that they – so, the Vikings bring in O'Connell, and so now it's fresh slate. This isn't stupid Mike Zimmer saying, I don't want to see Kellen Mond. However – you have four quarterbacks, four of the top five quarterbacks sitting there. Tampa needs – I get they have Trask, but you're telling me that they 
wouldn't take a shot in the second round on Howell or Ritter or Corral or so Willis. I'm, actually, I'm a I'm a Mon fan and like I think Mon had all the tools to be one of these guys that you're now looking at um you know a a Ritter like player with a little bit more athleticism and I probably wouldn't, but it all depends on the new coaching staff. I mean, just because Zimmer's an idiot and I have to cut out, you know, make sure I watch what I say. But when you say you don't want to see him in a lost season in the last week, that's just him being bitter. He's a bitter old man. So it's up to the new coaching staff. I mean, O'Connell probably scouted him in LA. So really we don't know. Well, so, I mean, where I was going with that was, we talk about the receiver runs that could happen in the second, but there's no saying that this couldn't be a bunch of trade-ups or quarterback runs to start start the second. I think the top 15 picks are going to be receiver and quarterback. Yeah. I think it'll be three out of the four or even four out of the four of the remaining quarterbacks because of trade-ups and or teams like Tennessee teams like uh, the Seahawks, the Colts. Well, so the the Colts are right there. I I don't know what to do about that. So, I mean, as it sits, it, they're not the most likely, but Tampa, Minnesota, and uh, Tennessee are all technically in the mix for a quarterback. New York Giants are right there. Yeah, Seattle the is right there. See, I, if, if Malik Willis and even Howell goes in the first, no one – I don't – I think we could see, like, where we, in our mock, Ritter and Corral slide a little bit. But now you're talking about first-round upside guys of Howell and Willis in the second round. This could be like Tampa could be on the phone with all the teams right now begging. Like this could be a bidding war for pick 33 right now. Yeah, and then so the receiver point, the teams that don't need quarterbacks or are borderline, Vikings, Titans, Giants, Texans, uh, Bears, Colts, Packers, Falcons. Packers all need receivers. So this is the, you know, real quick, I just want to run through a few guys, Christian Watson, George Pickens, Sky Moore, uh, Hal, Bell, Willis, uh, Bell was a little bit later for me. Um, the two top, my two top tight ends, I didn't think we're going to be first rounders. I thought there was a chance on Jelani Woods, but they're all there. And there's more than that. Uh, Ojabo is still there. Although I I really don't know what to think about where his injury is going to place him, but I assume he goes in the top half of the second. Uh, Nick Bonito. Mafe. Mafe. Yeah, all those guys are all there. These are still – there's a lot of good prospects. I know they say that every year, but the receivers and the quarterbacks are staring. They're going to go. I can't imagine the quarterbacks continuing to fall because now it's – if that – all it took was to trade up what it did in the first, it's going to take even less to trade up in the second. Well, unless it becomes a bidding war. Yeah, so – but even if it is, I think you want to want to be the first team to get that out of the way so you're not overpaying to move up. Uh, Tampa Bay for sure could be looking to move. I I think the Vikings, they put and take the corner. Uh, If they pass on that again, that's a problem. Tennessee – I don't know. Uh, well, so for me, this is like a situation where I look at Green Bay and someone, they're probably, people are calling for their heads right now. And I think that you could see a situation where 
Love gets moved to a team like Indy, who had rumors around him already. New York, uh, the Giants, who we had mock trade. And the Giants move down. They pick up a couple picks. They pick up Love. The Packers uh, stop the burn down of Green Bay. Uh, I think that this is going to go – I think it's weird to see Willis in particular in the second round. I can't believe no one traded up to 32 to take him. Even yeah. even if you think he's got a two-year development window, he's a super, super high-character guy, and he's a leader. He Even if you have two years planned development, okay, you get the fifth-year option by taking him in the first. Now you don't have that. It's just, I don't know, uh, maybe he's – I didn't think he was that raw. Like, I think he needed a year at least. Well, I mean, but where I was going with that was this could become more than just the four guys this year. I think this is where we could start seeing Baker moved, Jimmy G moved, Love moved. This is, this goes beyond the quarterback prospect. So where we're talking about maybe four guys who could get drafted, you're probably talking almost eight or nine guys that could quarterbacks that could be on the move to a new team. Yep. Yep, I agree. Although I think, again, the Packers shoot themselves in the foot over and over and over because now I think Jordan Love's value took a little bit of a hit. Yeah. I think now that there's four, only one quarterback taken in the first, it's not like it's a desperation play now. Yeah. I think, I do think the Giants make sense, but you're not going to get that pick 36 straight up for him. I wouldn't think. Atlanta at 43, I wouldn't think you'd get that pick straight up. I mean, I think he's worth it, but if you're talking to the Packers and be like, okay, I can have Malik Willis. I like Jordan love more, but not by that much, you know, like an extra year of controllability. I don't know. Packers. Big L. They need the problem. The problem that they have themselves in now is a, or first of all, they need to move Jordan love. You cannot keep him and B you don't have an early first, I mean, an early second. So you are in great danger of missing out on this run that's probably about to happen when teams like the Bears and the Colts are picking for the first time and need a receiver. The Falcons need another receiver still. Drake London is a good pick. They still don't have anyone beyond him. Uh, You know, you could argue Cleveland could take a receiver. If, you know, I think we, we had it projected as a defensive lineman, but nobody would fault them if Christian Watson was there or if Sky Moore was there. Like, Packers playing an awfully dangerous game and stupid. I, I just – I don't have another word for it. Like, big losers of the day in my book. 